Welcome back. You're listening to This One Life, Stories That Shape You. I'm Sharon Witt and my special guest this evening is Phil Burton, one quarter of the amazing, iconic vocal uh, band, Human Nature. Hey, Phil, thanks again for joining us. No, it's a pleasure. Um, So before the break, we were chatting about the early days in Hurlston Agricultural High School. And um, that's that's where you guys met as a band. Well, not as a band then, but... um, that's where you met the other guys. So did you become friends straight away? Was there obviously an agricultural school? There must have been a choir. There was a choir at the agricultural school. Funnily enough, the school was very prominent in rugby circles and also the fact that it was an agricultural school. But surprisingly, it had a quite strong musical um, section as well. So there was quite a lot of us that were into the musical theatre side of things or the choir or the con- school concert band. Yeah. So. Right from year seven, um, Andrew and Toby and I, we got to know each other straight away because we were into the music stuff. So the three of us became friends in year seven. And then once we got to year 10, that's when Andrew's little brother, Mike, started at the school. He was in his three years below us. So it was actually the end of that year, which was 1989, that we put together the group for an end of year concert. So Toby and Andrew and I had been friends for about four years before that, which really... I think is one of the reasons why we're still together now is because we have that initial bond of friendship. Yeah. And was Mike like Andrew, you can just tell me, was Mike um, Andrew's annoying little brother or was he a cool guy? Oh, of course he was annoying. (laughs) (laughs) The lucky thing is that he was more annoying to Andrew than he was to Toby. Yeah, I I love it. So Andrew seemed to bear the brunt. (laughs) <laughs> That's great. So you were called the Four Tracks when you were, when you were first together, weren't you, with the little red stool? That's right. We had a little red stool for Mike to stand on because he was way shorter than us <laughs> then. He's not. He's caught up a little bit now, but he's still short. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so we called ourselves the Four Tracks with an X because we thought that was edgy and cool. That's very edgy. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> way yes, ahead of your time. That was our name. We were doing doo-wop and barbershop, and then we started doing some cabaret shows in and around Sydney so the name of the four tracks suited us down to the ground then but once we got a record deal that's when we realized you know what the name of the four tracks is a little bit old school and if we're going to be a modern young pop boy band then we need to find something new yeah hey um so the first time I remember seeing you guys and you can kind of put this in perspective for me how old I was um so I was watching um hey hey it's Saturday Yes. And Molly Meldrum introduced you guys and you sang People Get Ready. And I just remember and I just remember watching going, that is really cool. And that's oh, the first time you. I ever saw you guys. Okay, that would have been about 1997, I think. Would it? Yeah, wow. about that. Yep. Yeah, because we released our first album at the end of 96. So I think Hey Hat Saturday, People Get Ready would have been probably just after that. Yeah, so around 1997. Yeah, yeah, that would have been, yeah, probably about right. And um, and then, yeah, you, call, you called yourself a boy band. Well, a lot of people, well, you, we you didn't guys didn't, time. but a lot of people did. But let's let's be honest, you guys had the moves back then in those early days. There was a, lo- there was a lot of, uh, lot of um, action happening with the dancing. and. That's the hilarious thing is that we always said we are not a boy band. <laughs> um, when clearly we were, we were a boy band. But the thing is that we had this, the, all these negative connotations to that because a lot of people are using it as a derogative term, like, oh, just a stupid boy band. Um, and what they meant was as those groups that were put together by a manager, it was just four random guys or five random guys 
that auditioned to become part of the band and then it was basically run by yeah. a record company and a manager and the boys had no say in what they were doing. Yeah. So th- that was the thing we were really railing against because the four of us were very much the drivers of human nature. So for us, the idea of us being just lumped in with those those other boy bands was a that was the negative side for us. Yeah. But in the end, what we were doing, the singing and dancing, was exactly what boy bands were doing. So it was sensational. And you know what? I, I have to say, I was a big defender of you being called a boy band. So just so that you know. I was oh, one of those you. ones out there going, excuse me, not a boy band, it's a man band. Thank you very much. I, I <laughs> well, took, you know what? Yeah. Now that we're in our mid-40s, if you want to call us boys, it's I know. actually How good's a that? compliment. So we'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, what else was I going to ask you? There was um, One thing I was going to ask you was um, about the early days when you got a deal with Sony. Now, yes. rumour has it that you, you sang for the um, – was it Dennis had, had – Dennis Handlin. Handlin. And you sang for him and you got signed That's on the right. spot. We did, yes. Yeah. Um, we, we went into the building um, a few months earlier than that and, and sang and spoke to the A&R guy, who's the, you know, the, the guys that put, help put together records and they're the ones that help sign the talent. So his uh, man named John Watson, we sang for him and he loved us very much. So we stayed in touch with him over a couple of months and then... A couple of months later, of course, that was the the big story was when we went into Dennis's boardroom yeah. for the first time and first time he'd ever seen us, first time he'd ever heard our music and we sang for him and he just said to us, yep, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm in. Oh, so, that's yeah, awesome. pretty amazing story. And he's been like the most amazing fan of ours and supporter of ours for the whole time we've been at Sony, which is over 25 years now. It's, and that's we incredible, isn't it? We couldn't have asked for a better person than him to yeah. be in charge of the, of our recording career. What an incredible achievement to still be with them 25 years later. And it is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and now you are ARIA Hall of Famers. Tell, That's tell us right. about that. I mean, that was awesome. Finally, that recognition, putting into the ARIA Hall of Fame. Tell me about that. I know. Funnily enough, um, up until then, we had only ever won one ARIA award. And that was actually a sales award for having the <laughs> highest selling album in a year. So... It was never really something that we took seriously was the idea of winning ARIA awards. It, for us, it was just something that we never thought was going to happen. So it was a complete shock to us to then have them turn around and say, well, it's time to recognise you guys for a great career. So, And it's about time, let me say. Incredibly flattered. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're, we're incredibly flattered. It was an amazing feeling. And it, I suppose if you're looking back and reflecting on our career, it, it is pretty cool to to have all of that work that we've done over the last 30 years to be recognised. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's a really flattering thing. And the same year, was it 2019 or was it the start of 2020 when you also received the Order of Australia medal? Uh, that was 2019. Yeah, it was. Okay. That's right. Yeah, in the middle of 2019. Wow. I know. How, that, again, yeah. that's another thing where it's just a complete shock because it's not something you work towards. You don't. You don't work in your career thinking, you know what, I'm going to get an Order of Australia medal for doing this. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's never something that you work towards. So to have it come along is a really, it's just a lovely feeling to know that people do recognise the work that you do out there in the community. Yeah. So it feels really special. Yeah, so deserved. Um, Thank you. 
Now, you guys had a shift in your career where you went from, I guess, all the pop songs and, you know, writing and recording and these amazing songs, and then you kind of shifted into Motown. What was yes, the reason right. behind that? And, um, yeah, and, and how did that eventuate? Well, funnily enough, that came from us. We um, had recorded an album called Walk the Tightrope, which was all original you know, boy band pop material. That was in 2004. And we were really proud of that album, but it did absolutely nothing. It, you know, it sold hardly any copies. Uh, I it bought one, 50. Come on. Oh, thank you. It had one song that did well for us, and that was When You Say You Love Me. But then after that, it was just literally nothing. And so we were... You know, a little bit thinking to ourselves, is this how it, is this how a career ends? Is yeah. this how it goes out? You know, that you you make an album and it doesn't sell, and then it's goodbye. But yeah. so we thought to ourselves, look, if if that is the end, if this is the way it is going to end, we've got to make one more record that we love. Yeah. And so we didn't want to just make a record that people wanted us to make. We wanted to make a record that we felt showed everybody our our roots and our influences. And for us, that has always been groups of Motown. So, you know, we we decided to make a Motown record. And um, when it came out, we had no idea what was going to happen, but it just exploded. I think yeah. Australia, Australia knew all those songs, but they never realized that they'd all come from literally the one record company. So, it you know, it really clicked for us. And that's when we won the ARIA Award as well, was yeah. for that first Motown record for the highest selling album of the year. So it really gave our career a second life and yeah. it's still going now. Yeah, that's just awesome. And of course, you know, you um, had influence with Smokey Robinson. That's right. Yes. Smokey came on board when we did our third Motown record. We actually thought to ourselves, wouldn't it be great to do some duets with some original Motown artists? And so Smokey was one of the people that we approached. He'd actually heard the first two records. He keeps up with what people do with Motown music. So he'd heard the first two records and he really liked what we'd done. So he put his hand up and said, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'd love to do a duet with you guys. So That's then awesome. when, he, well, when he was recording his parts in LA, we actually surprised him in the studio. We went in and said hello to him and then we sang for him and we sang a version of his song, Ooh Baby Baby, and he just fell in love with us and said to us, this is amazing and oh. whatever I can do to help you guys out in your career, please let me know. He's the nicest, most generous oh, guy. That's brilliant. And then that, of course, got us to Vegas because all of the Vegas casinos were, you know, umming and ahhing. Oh, okay, you've got a band from Australia that does a Motown show. Okay, that sounds interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that went on for a couple of years until we asked Smokey, do you think you could put our, your name to our show and present our show in Vegas? And he said, of course. Oh. And the second that he did that, the casinos in Vegas went, yep, okay, we'll take it. Oh, so it was, it, it was an amazing thing for oh. our career again. Well, that's awesome. Now, coming back to Australia now, you are finally, after having a bit of a hiatus, you guys are getting back together again. The guys are... Uh, back in the country in quarantine and you're They're all... They're in quarantine <laughs> now, that's right. <laughs> they are. And um, you're going to be doing a regional tour. Tell me where you guys are headed. Oh, we are heading pretty much everywhere. We're going right up from as far north as Cairns and we're going down as far south as Geelong and um, down the bottom of, you know, down to Mount Gambier and places down right down the bottom of the, of the mainland as well. Um, and we're taking this show that's... Uh, 
you know, a semi-acoustic show. So it's just the four of us and one musician on oh, stage. Brilliant. Telling stories about our career and just just really getting intimate with the with the you know the story of human nature, letting people know things that they may not have heard before, singing the songs in a way that they've never heard before. So it's going to be just as interesting for us as it is for the crowd because we've never done a show like this. Oh, I think that's awesome, and you honestly are four of the most genuine guys um, I've ever spoken to. You are you are exactly as you as you present, which is awesome. Have oh, you, thank you, Sam. Have Appreciate you considered um, getting a tour bus? And I'm not, I'm actually putting my hand up to drive. I will get the. Oh, um, are you? I, I will get a license. Have you thought about? I was going to just about to say, do you have your license? Your, no, your it's, right not, class it's of hard license? to get a, a bus license. But um, <laughs> have you thought about getting a tour bus and just decking it out and just going on the road? That's not a bad a idea. A bit like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I'm imagining. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. That's not that we did that back uh, about twenty four or twenty five years ago. Now we did it across Europe for about six weeks, and that was it was pretty cool. But I think sleeping in the back of the bus is probably a lot more pleasant when you're twenty three than it is when you're forty seven. So maybe, but you know, <laughs> we'll I'll see. just consider we'll it. See. Just I'm just putting the offer out there. Okay. Just no so worries. you can consider I'll, it. <laughs> I'll file it away and keep it in mind. Awesome. Well, Phil, we look forward to seeing you guys back on the road across Australia for your um, big regional tour. And um, it has been an absolute treat chatting with you this evening. So thanks so much for joining me. Thanks very much, Sharon. Appreciate it. And that's all we have this for this one, Life Stories That Shape You. I'm Sharon Witt and I will catch you next time. Good night.